This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. What in the world is going on here at Grace Fellowship? John. We missed a sermon last week. We did. We missed a sermon last week. and Not uh, we. I mean, it wasn't even us. You, no. You preached it. I did. I got up on stage, preached it. You did a great job. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, too bad nobody will know yeah. about I it. I can't prove it, right? You can't tell only whoever came on Sunday. So yeah. that is a good reason to to come to church. You never know when uh, you never know. won't record and you won't be able to catch up. I, I mean... It it works it works the vast majority of the time we, yeah. we get it but there has been a couple times two it was like uh, two within the last month I think which is because we've been working out a problem yeah we're, we're having some feedback issues on and so we're trying to figure out other ways yeah and so I think it's kind of acting up yeah we should be fix um, one thing something else happens exactly sometimes. I think we should be figuring it out but hopefully we'll we'll have it under control yeah uh, this Sunday and uh, then this is our second take on this on this podcast too. Yeah, actually, because. we had some te- technical difficulties also on uh, on the, the computer software. So, you know, the cool thing is, here's the cool thing, actually. Um, some of it, and I'm not going to say it's the, the reason, but we've um, opened up our church to other ministries, too. Yeah. And so we have multiple things going on. Right. Uh, for instance, you know, we move all our stuff in the, the podcast room, you know, in yep. the basement here at Grease. In, uh, in the basement. Grease, in the fel- deep, Grace Fellowship. What is it? The deep, deep within the, uh, did we say bowels? Bowels. No, we it, said it, basement. Okay, but. okay. Deep in the basement of Grace Fellowship. But so we, you know, they have things going on. So things get moved and, and whatnot. So that can sometimes affect us. Yeah. Um, but you know what? That's a cool thing. We love that. We love just the life of other things here. Yep. And so- it happens. But anyways, John, we are on a new series. We are. It's, uh, and I butchered it the first time. You it's, did. It's called, let's go ahead. I'm going to try to, I'll probably butcher you it again. You try it? No, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to miss it up. But one mission, one church, love one, bring one. Did I just get it right? It's pretty close. It's pretty good. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not right sure words. if the order's right, but okay. the, all the words were right. But actually, because it doesn't matter the, the order, because... You're not we're not doing them in that order. You're not anyways. preaching in order anyway. That's so right. Technically, I'm okay. You're good. It doesn't match the. Uh, it doesn't match the logo. logo maybe. Yeah. I, it might match the logo. I'm not actually sure. Actually, but it, it could. Um, but yeah, let us know. If it matched the logo because I would like to know that. But anyways, John. So we're we're in love. One is the is the sermon this week. Yeah. Can you uh, basically just go ahead and and. Bree, give us your sermon right now in, in five minutes or less. Oh, yeah, no problem. Because yeah, no problem. all I ever do is really, I preach for five minutes and I just stand up there and talk and tell stories. That's but. what we all figured, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh. just like a general, like, uh, if you can just yeah. generalize. Yeah, we were in Second Peter 3. Um, and we were talking about loving one and, and it kind of had, kind of had a few points. One is don't ignore the, the reality of eternity, that eternity is real. God's judgment is real. And, uh, while we look forward to that, we should not pray that it comes too soon. Um, because God is waiting for the right time to return and establish his kingdom. And God's love leads to God's patience. God is patient because he wants everyone to come to a, a loving relationship with him. And so we love one person, one other person, right? Because we love God. It's, it's out of, out of it's an expression of our love towards God to love what he he created, especially his image bearers. Mm. I think, I think that's, that's probably a pretty good, pretty good summary of, of, uh, of a sermon that unfortunately, if you didn't hear it, you won't be able to hear yet. Yeah. But you know, I think, you know, when we think about the whole idea of the reason we love others and we try to explain the, hopefully the good news of what Jesus has done for them, um, it's often a little bit difficult because it's, there's a lot of, I don't know, it's just awkward in the sense of, the reason we're talking about this kind of stuff is because there is bad news at the end. 
there's good news and a gospel. Right. But there's bad news in the end in the sense in the sense of we're not just living for this life. Right. There's literally more to come. And and if you're not on the right side of things, it is not gonna be good. Right. So um can you shed some light on that? Just Yeah, for sure. No, you're exactly right, Johnny. I mean, a lot of times what we do is we like to get uh, so obsessed with the world we live in uh, that we forget that there's an eternity out there. And and that's what, what Peter talks about. There, there's a judgment coming um, and, and it's real. And we don't like to talk about that because we, it sounds bad. Like we don't want that. We don't want, we don't want to think about the reality of that. And yet I think we lose a lot when we ignore that, right? When we ignore that there is a reality that is beyond this life, that when, when Jesus comes, he's going to bring judgment for, for, for those who have um, rejected uh, his teaching and his goodness and have decided to participate in bad and wrong and evil things and have not sought redemption through Jesus Christ uh, and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And so, so there is judgment and justice that, that waits for them. And so, and so there is a sense in which we like to live in this world and, and kind of live in our little perception of what peace is and what goodness is and, and ignore the, re, the reality that, that faces those who do, who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not because they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but because they've done things. They've lived in a ways that, that dishonor God. And we all have, but the difference between those who, um, who will go into eternity future with God and those who go to, into eternity future without God is that those who go with God will have sought redemption and forgiveness through, through Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and is there a difference between, I mean, obviously, you know, you talked about uh, wickedness and evil yeah. and all that kind of stuff going to be judged. Yeah. But, but sometimes we will even separate, well, I'm still a pretty good person. Yeah, right. You know, like, and would I be, you know, I, I try to do good things. I help people out. I sometimes, you know, sometimes I cuss sometimes or sometimes I'll drink too much or whatever. But for the most, not me, but, I, you know, but the point is like the person who's not safe. Who, whoever, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is there a difference? I mean, I, I, I kind of want to just make sure we, we understand that is it's salvation is for. Yeah. So salvation is not a relative issue in the sense that it's not, it's not whether you're relatively good, right? It's not whether compared to someone else, like, you know, compared to a mass murderer, I'm a pretty good person, right? Yeah. Like that's not how that works. Um, and obviously we don't, people don't run around saying, well, compared to a mass murderer, but they do come, they do compare themselves to whatever their perception of, of a bad person is, right? Always like, compare down. Yeah. They, yeah. They always, yeah. right. They always, they find somebody who's a little further down the bad road than they are and say, well, compared to them, I'm not, I'm pretty good. Right. But that, but God compares us to perfection, to mm. holiness, to righteousness. And we all fall short of that. And that's, that's the standard. It's the standard. Isn't the other person who's a little bit worse than you are or a lot worse than you are. The standard is, is, is God's holiness and righteousness. And we can't live up that and don't live up to that. And so justice awaits Justice will be accomplished one way or the other. It's either accomplished by punishment of the person who has sinned and done wrong and evil, or it's, or it's accomplished through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's done it for us. And then we receive the gift of his righteousness so that we can stand justified and right before God. Mm, yeah, I know. I, when I, I love that. You're saying, there's, there's going to there's be justice. Yeah. Whether it's one way or the other. To come or whether it's already been done. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I talking about just even being uh, sinful, I, for some reason, five years old, I believed, yeah. I believed and I knew, I knew, I, you know, I hadn't done a lot of sin, sinning that I knew of. I but mean, enough, I sh- I, enough, right? I'm sure I did, but a little five-year-old is a pretty good kid. And, uh, but I still felt that I, I needed him. I wanted uh-huh. him. I was, I, you know, and I don't know why there was nothing special except for the fact that God 
saved me at five. And right. I remember that vividly. And uh, it's been a great experience ever since. You know, yeah. obviously we're never perfect, but the reality is, is nobody's perfect and right. we need a savior. Yeah. Um, so cool. Um, we talked a little bit about how just how, how this life is, it's still pretty good. We get mm-hmm. comfortable with it. We yeah. Lo- and we do like it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of that is probably because we have that good, or uh, the common grace. Yeah. Common grace. Yeah. yeah. What is that? What is common grace? And yeah, common grace is, is the way that God has extended his grace to the whole world, right? If he left, if he left us to just our fallen nature without his grace, it would be a horrible, horrible place, right? Like we'd all give in to the we worst parts of, us. of it. We do. Yeah, absolutely. We do see glimpses of it on, on large levels, large scales and small scales, right? Individually, we see glimpses of it because every once in a while we see uh, our own behavior, and we do something that we think is, is not good or not right. And, and we come to realize that and, and recognize, Oh, that was bad. Like I, I, that's not the person I want to be. Mm. Um, but we see it on large scale too: governments and revolutions and, uh, you know, Hitler and Pol Pot and trafficking you know, and yeah, human trafficking. And so we see, we see the sin and on, on large scales and, and individual scales and small scales. Um, so, so those things are there and we see that. Um, but we also see glimpses of God's grace, uh, throughout the world too, with the, the, the person who risks their life to save another, um, who, because they were, you know, I don't know, a car accident on the side of the road and somebody stops and, and the car's on fire and they run in and try to pull somebody out and, and save somebody. Right. We, we, that's God's grace. That's a, a loving, that's a, a benevolent kind of thing to do. And, and that's God's grace. That's common grace in this world. So he extends common grace in this world. And so we see glimpses of that as well. Um, so common grace is a way that God is, is revealing himself in the here and now in this finite world we live in. And he hasn't fully revealed himself, obviously. I mean, no. he's not fully on the throne. Well, I mean, he's fully on the throne in the, in the sense that he is sovereign and in control. He's never out of control, mm-hmm. but he is not, I think maybe a, a more precise way to put it would be, he's not, uh, uh, brought to fruition his his eternal kingdom. Okay, and and that will come with the new heavens and new earth, and and those things are things we we still look forward to. So at some point he's gonna get rid of, uh, you know, our little uh, dictator that he's allowed to rule for a while and uh, form a Satan. But just yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. you need to clarify who that is. Like some people <laughs> are thinking about like, yeah, like Trump, Trump or something like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But no, we're talking. He's talking about Satan. Yeah. yeah. So Satan. <laughs> Yeah, Satan. <laughs> There's more jokes there, but I'm going to stop. Uh, uh, Satan's been allowed to rule, you know, yeah, obviously. in some ways, to some degree, yeah. yeah. And then God's going to uh, eventually put that to end, and he's going yeah, to rule fire, once yeah. and for all. And, uh, you know, when I think about that, I go, yeah, I guess I am, because I have a hard time, I'm going to be honest with you, John, I have a hard time wanting to leave this life. It's a good yeah. life. It's a, it's a great life. There's a lot of good things. Obviously, it's from God's common mm-hmm. grace and his mm-hmm. goodness and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we have family and friends. And it's a, it's a, he's made a great world, and yep. it, even though this, there is sin here. But the reality is, is I should long to leave it. To in some, some degree, ways, yeah. To some degree. Because um, I want to live in a place where Jesus completely reigns. Yeah. You know. I don't think we realize how bad this world is, to be honest with you. You know, we, we, everything's, everything's, we, we, we measure things in a relative way. Well, relative to this or relative to that. And I'm not talking about relative morality when I say that I'm, I'm talking about relative to something else. In other words, we kind of, we kind of go, well, you know, my life's pretty good compared to, right. 
And so, and so we, we measure that in a relative way. But I think when we, when we experience God's kingdom fully established and brought to fruition, the new heavens and new earth, you know, Jesus is sitting on the throne, the God sitting on the throne and he's ruling and, and there's not no longer these, um, fallen human structures and people that are ruling, uh, in this world and that it's God who is in control and who is ruling. And, and, and there is total justice and there is total peace and there is total, all of those things have been brought to the fruition. I think at that point we will look and go, wow, I had no idea how, how fallen it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. How bad it was because even in our own minds, I, there's literally been times where I go, man, I'm a pretty good person. You know, like yeah. I've, I've, I've seriously had those thoughts and, and, and then I sit there and go, you know, I have to almost remind myself of how bad I am. You know? Yeah, right. And, and I don't mean that in putting myself down kind of way, but just a, a reality check of I'm not nearly as good as I think. And my thoughts are not nearly as pure as I think. And, and even, even when I'm doing really well with my thought life and I'm really doing really well with how I'm living my life, I'm still fallen. And I think there will come a time when I experience the goodness of God in its fullness. I will look back on even the times when mm -hmm. I thought I was doing really good and go, wow. It's like I, you, I really misread that. It's like when you look back on, on old pictures of yourself and you're like, right. whoa, what was I thinking with that hair, you know, or those bangs or those pants? Well, you know. Yeah, I literally just had uh, uh, Kevin Santiago, who was our former youth director here at Grace, and uh, he just texted me this morning a picture of uh, a Chris. I think it was a Christmas party that we threw at our house for the staff and different things a number of years ago. And my wife was doing her ventriloquism. She's a ventriloquist, and, and she was doing a little thing. And he texted me this thing. I don't no, he just ran across it and texted me. He says, oh, th this was so great. I, I love this moment or whatever. And, you know, she had me laughing so hard. And there I am in the background. Right. And I'm like, and I literally looked at the picture. and went, Wow, I was fat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was but my she thought. Had no idea. I, at the time, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. I, I thought, yeah, I was overweight, but not. You're husky. You know, yeah, like you're yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a big guy. Yeah. Now I look back and go. No, I was fat. Yeah. You know, so sometimes that perception, now that I've lost a lot of weight, I can look back at those pictures and go, and, and, and my, the, I can see them in a more real way than I could see myself at the time. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Kind of that 2020. Yeah. is a lot better in hindsight. Yeah. Um, you know, we're supposed to have a, a sense of urgency. Yes. For, because, for because there's a, a reality of the reality of eternity. Yeah. Reality of eternity. But John, in fairness, 2000 years ago. Yeah. We, you know, they probably thought within a hundred years, they're, they're going to, Christ is going to set up his kingdom, especially the way he was talking about, you know, the kingdom of heaven is near and, you know, yeah. this generation and all that kind of stuff, all those interesting things they were saying. It seemed like Jesus is here. He's going to die. He's going to raise from the dead. Yeah. He's going to reign with the father, but he's coming back. Yeah. Well, they thought in, in their lifetime, they didn't just think in the next hundred years. They thought, they thought now, Jesus, yeah. now, are you going to now establish your kingdom? And no, 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 no. He says, no, I'm not going to. And no one knows the date. Right. And we, we keep trying to figure that out and we should long for it. That's a good, healthy desire to be united to our father and, and to Jesus, our savior. And, uh, for eternity, that's, that's a healthy longing. But when Jesus comes, he brings judgment. And when, when, when that happens, it's over. There's no more opportunity, if you will, for, for, um, you know, to, to receive salvation and the righteousness that comes through the cross that that's, that time is done. And so, and so that's what Peter talks about, right? That's why God is patient. You know, it says God's not slow in keeping his promises, but patient, not wishing that anyone should perish. In other words, he's patient and he's waiting because his desire is that all might follow and love Jesus Christ.
And, and so he's waiting and, and there ought to be a sense of urgency because whenever God's patience runs out, so to speak, and I don't mean he becomes impatient. I just mean that that's the end of his patience for that specific thing. And it's time. It's the right time for him to come. Whenever that happens, that's it. That's the end. That's, you know, that that's judgment, judgment comes and accounting and accounting. Right. And so, and so at that point, you know, even if you know, Jesus, do you know somebody who doesn't? Because if Jesus were to come right now, that person who does not know Jesus would face judgment without him, without having received his grace and his salvation and, and, and redemption. And that's really important. That ought to weigh on us a little bit and motivate us to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. I think the Apostle Paul had a great attitude towards the kingdom and, and, and also the, who did? The, uh, the Apostle Paul oh. and earth. Because, you know, his, his, you know, one of his famous sayings was to live. You know, his, his desire was to die. Right. To die and be with Christ. Right. That's gain for him. Right. But while he's still here on earth and he wants to live for Christ. Right. And so he, he understood that, yeah, I would, would much rather be gone. Be with, yeah, be with his Savior. Oh, I would much rather be that. But I'm not going to do that. Obviously, I want to, to, to live here. I want to be with him. Uh, I'll be with his people and, and, and serve them and love them and show them who Christ is. Yeah, right. And bring people to, into a loving relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's why, that's the mission of the church, right? I would, you know, and I've always talked about people, you know, who some people may have had suicidal thoughts and stuff. Uh-huh. And I think that was kind of the one thing I would always, you know, try to counsel them on is the reality is, yeah, this life isn't great. Sometimes, and yeah. It, and to die is sometimes gain if you know Christ. But the point is, that's not the point of his life, though. Right. This point isn't for us to be happy and whatever. This point is to show others who Christ is, the love right. he has for them. And obviously, they, they might have some other issues that they're, that they're dealing with. Right. But the reality is, is Christ is more than enough, more than sufficient while we're here on this earth, and we need to be telling others about him. Absolutely. Um. So why is there a lack of urgency, John? We do have a lack of urgency. Well, you know, we like this world we live in. I mean, and and uh, and it's understandable, right? Like you and I both have kids. Um, we both have married kids. You know, you you have a grandbaby on the way. Um, I'm hoping you will soon. Yeah, so I know. You, you keep, I want you to be in the same boat, John. Yeah, I know, right? Because you're younger than me and you're a grandpa. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure my, my day's coming. It's you know, coming. I'm hoping. I'm uh, praying for I'm it. I'm not sure. I hope it's a little while yet, but <laughs> um, but I but I do look forward to it as well. Um, when Whenever that happens, I'll, I'll cherish that. But uh, yeah, I think we like this world. We love our relationship with our kids. We love our wives, right? Like we, we there's, a, there's a lot of redeeming things about, about this world that I like where God's common grace has shown itself. And, um, and, and, and I love people who I have relationships with in this world. I love my life in a lot of ways. I, I look forward to seeing to how my son is going to grow up and what kind of man he's going to grow up to be. And I pray about that a lot. You know, I've, I've seen my daughter grow into a, a godly young woman and I look forward to seeing what, what Paul and her will do with their lives. And, and there's a lot of things I love about this world. I love, um, some of the things I get to be involved with and, and, and the people I get to be involved with and the ministry I get to do and, and the way I get to serve God. There's a lot of things to love, but, and, and we get kind of upset. We, we enjoy that and we like that. And even in, even when times are hard and difficult and, you know, we get so concerned about the temporal and the, you know, what, for people who are, are going hungry, what, what am I going to eat next? That's their biggest concern. You know, uh, for people who don't have shelter, how am I going to shelter myself if it rains or if it gets co- too cold or too hot or, or whatever the case, you know, they're, they're so focused on the immediate needs of this world that we forget we can't, that we're built for eternity. We can't see past what's immediate to us, um, whether it's good, 
you know, or bad. And, and so we have a hard time seeing into eternity. And, um, you know, you and I have both done funerals. We've done funerals for young people. Um, and, and, and it's incredibly hard to do those things. And, and, and yet we, we put them in a, in a box and this is gonna sound crude, but I don't mean it as crude. It's just kind of a reality check, right? We, we put them in a box of, or a container of some kind. We'd take them to, um, you know, uh, uh, cemetery, cemetery, yeah. uh, and we, and we bury them or how, however we're going to store that. Right. And, and they're kind of gone. They're just gone in our minds. They're gone. Their physical body's gone. Their soul lives on, but we don't see that. You know, it's out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And I think so it's very easy to be focused on this temporal world and, and, and forget that we were built for eternity. I think in some ways, actually, um, those who are close to those who have, who have passed, you know, yeah. at a young age, they're, they almost have a moment where they go, wait a minute, it's not just about this life. Yeah. There is like right now, my, you know, whatever person who passed away, yeah. their, whatever their relationship is to them is now their soul is right somewhere, you know? And we, we, there is that, that constant, that actually that, that, and reality. they'll hang on to that. Yeah. Yeah. The reality that there is more to this life though. Yeah. Um, and then also on the flip side too, is they're hit with a barrage of, things they have to accomplish because of a funeral and planning. And, yeah. you know, we need to now call this church and see where we can, how, you know, have this maybe will come yeah. or we need to talk to the cemetery and, you know, pick out the, you know, they said the coffin or we're going to yeah. cremate, you know, so there's just so many things that they have to, there's like, a, it's pretty emotional roller coaster, I'm yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, but there is both the, um, the reminder that no, there is more to come. And then also no, there's a lot of stuff in this immediate thing mm-hmm. to distract me with. Um, what are some of the biggest reasons why we don't share our faith as Christians? Do you think? Yeah, I think we're scared. Mm-hmm. We're scared. We're, what, what if people reject us? What if I don't do a good job? Uh, what if it costs me my job? I think, I think more and more that's, that reality is becoming possible here in the United States. Um, you know, what if, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? What if they hate me, reject me? Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on and on, right? We, we, we can come up with a million reasons why it's scary to share the gospel and that's understandable to some degree and, and to realize that, Hey, look, this, it can be a scary thing. Um, but I think it's because we, we lack the sense of urgency and the realization that the most loving thing we can do for somebody is tell them about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's the absolute most loving thing we can do. And it's not nearly as hard as we think it is. We're just scared of it. Um, scared the unknown, right? What if the, what ifs? Um, and I, and I think that's, I think that's why it's important to, to remember the, the reality of eternity and, and, and go, no, there is a judgment coming. And um, whether that is tomorrow or a thousand years from now, I don't know when it's going to be or 2000. I, I don't know. I don't know how long God is going to wait and, uh, and when, when his patience will, will come to an end. Um, but it will. And when he does, he'll return and he'll bring judgment. And, and if people either die or, or are alive at the time who have not, don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's it. Yeah. You know, the decision time's over. And so I think, I think we, we just lose sight of that and we get so focused on us and what, what happens if I share the gospel, what happens if I tell somebody about the, about Jesus and, and bring up those, those kinds of things. And, um, we're just scared and it, and it's, and it's a bummer. 
uh, because people need to hear the gospel, man. It's important. It's a big deal. It's, it's, it's news, not right? a minor issue. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing. The most important thing a person can do is is establish a relationship with Jesus. When we say the gospel, you mean like the good news of Jesus, that kind of... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we talked about condemnation. There's going to be judgment. There's going to be one right. of these days, but the good, that's the bad news. Well, yeah. And 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 the reality is this, that that those who know Jesus, we have received his righteousness, right? He is. That's, that's what happened. So justice was accomplished and justice will be accomplished one way or the other. If, if we have a relationship with Jesus, then Jesus bore that justice for us and satisfied God's justice for us. And we receive his righteousness as a gift. If we don't have a relationship with Jesus, then what we receive is the punishment for our sin. Let's do our sin. We're yeah. all do the same punishment. Yeah. But Jesus took, yeah, but Jesus, Jesus took that yeah. upon himself. And, and so, you know, so if you're listening right now, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, start right now. Yeah. You know, just, just start, begin that relationship and then you receive Jesus righteousness. And, and when, when judgment day comes, you start stand before God, uh, having received that righteousness and Jesus having satisfied God's justice or, on your behalf. Hmm. You know, I think, you know, you, you, we were talking and it made me think about a story in the Bible, which I wasn't prepared to talk about. So hopefully Hope you get me it if, right. <laughs> if I'm wrong, cause it was, I don't, I haven't read it often, but it, it's the story about the, the rich man, I think who passes away, he, yeah. who dies and he goes and he, to Abraham's bosom. So this is oh, yeah. Old Testament time. Mm-hmm. And he sees his loved ones or something yeah. back on in um, yeah. on the earth. Yep. Like and this, I don't think the rich man, obviously rich man didn't have any relationship with God, didn't care about the, the end, the the afterlife, didn't care about that kind of stuff. Right. Now he's sitting waiting, awaiting judgment, sees that he's on the wrong side of judgment. Yeah. And he begs to go back with an urgency to tell and warn people of what's to come. Right. And I think... The fact that he was sitting in and it was really, yeah, what's hard is we don't have that actual perspective. If, yeah. If we were to go and see judgment, judgment day and then right. say, okay, you guys can go back and pause this real quick. We would have go back. unbelievable oh urgencies. Goodness. Urgency. It would be insane. Yeah. It would be absolutely insane. Um, our urgency for the loss. We wouldn't, we would be preaching without even eating, caring about right. eating because we saw what was coming. Yeah. Sometimes I just wish we could do that, but yeah. And you know, for whatever, you know, God's wisdom, right. And he, he'll do the best things, but, but the, you know, wisdom for us right now is, is to really, uh, foster that urgency within ourselves and, and recognize that that's, there is a, there is an eternity that is, that is reality. And we need to have our eyes focused on that. We need to be really, uh, yeah, like you said, I think for, even for us, sometimes the reason why we don't have the urgency is because we squelch that urgency because yeah. every time I feel that the panic I'm like, it, it creates anxiety in me yeah. to do something about it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. Right. You know? It's going to change my whole life. Right. Yeah. And sometimes and that's what happens. God changes your life. Yeah. The whole thing, the entire thing. If you encounter Jesus and it doesn't change your life, then, then you didn't encounter Jesus. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, why do you think sometimes Christians are mocked um, by unbelievers? I mean, I mean, not just Christians too. I'm sure, you know, there's other, yeah. other religious sects that are, that are mocked, but well, in particular, I, Christians. We do believe in something that we can't see. Doesn't mean we don't have evidence for it, right? That's different. Those are different things. We have evidence for a lot of things, whether we can see them or not. Um, but, but we do believe in something that that we can't see. That we we go look. God's word says it's coming, and it's coming. But we believe that because there was a real Jesus who really did go to the grave, who really did rise again from the dead. Um, that those are historical realities 
that uh, we have good evidence for. And he said, prepare, you know, he said, get ready because uh, the kingdom of God is at hand or, or, you know, or the kingdom of heaven is coming and um, is near. And so, and so there is a reality to that. So I, I believe a guy who can rise from the dead, I'm going to believe what he says. If he, can, if he really died and he really rose again, then I think he probably has a sense of the eternal and the non-physical better than I do. Yeah. And I'm going to listen to that. It, right? He's yeah. seen it, right? He's the divine eternal son of God. Um, and he claimed, not only did he claim to be that, uh, but then he proved it by conquering sin and death, by going to the grave and then being fully, completely dead, 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 dead. And then he rose again. And, uh, and, and, and he said, Hey, you know, there's, there's judgment coming. So follow, follow me, follow Jesus. So. So I think, I think that's, you know, that's what we need to realize is that we do, we do look at something that we can't see. And so people, especially people who are obsessed with the physical realities of the world and they are realities, um, they kind of, they, they might mock that or they say it's silly. Um, they, they worship idols themselves, their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own way of viewing the world. And, and, and they don't, they don't want to be subordinate to anyone or anything and, and, and including God. And so the idea of Christianity, a God that has saved us, they don't want to need to be saved. Mm-hmm. So a God that has saved us and says, no, I created you and you should be subordinate to me, but I love you and I, and I want you to love me. And so, and so I'm sending my son, my eternal divine son of God. So, so that's why I guess, do you, you know, think also has to do with the fact that, cause I've always thought this where they, most everybody knows there's, mm-hmm. there's condemnation. They know that they, they lack, they fall short. We yeah. all know that we all yeah. deep down at, at our core. We know sure. that we fall short. Um, do you think there's a little bit of defensiveness? Oh, absolutely. And we justify our own actions and our own thoughts, right? Or we say that they're not really wrong. We, we c- confuse the creation for the creator, you know, as, as Paul talks about in Romans one, we, we flip things upside down. Isaiah five talks about, you know, when we begin to say those things that are wicked are actually good. And, uh, and we deceive ourselves. We tell ourselves lies uh, and we tell the world around us lies so that we can feel better about ourselves and, or so that we can be in control of our own lives or, or, or create the illusion of control at least. Mm. Um, when I, when I think of the analogy fishing for men, you know, talking about evangelism and stuff, fishing, yeah. fishing for men, um, what is that? I know, I know what I'm thinking in my head, but what does that say about sharing our faith? If we're, if, if we're called to fish for men, is that, uh, does that have an analogy with, with evangelism at all? I'm probably setting you up because I know how, I, how I'm thinking I would to answer this. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people think about, we think about fishing and we think about, you know, here we're here in Colorado, so we might think about fly fishing. We put okay. a fly on there and, you know, it's food for the fish, right? And we kind of draw them in with that. That's not how fishing was done in the first century. It was nets and throwing them over the side of a boat and this fish swim in and you pull them up. I, I think, I think the, the imagery is the idea of, um, of, of really going out and gathering people to God. I mean, even I was in Israel this last summer and, and, uh, uh, Joppa was a few miles from the hotel. I stayed in Tel Aviv and, and I would go running down the beach and, and run down to Joppa, which is like a port that shows up in the Bible a number of times. And, but I went out on and looked on, walked on the docks and stuff, and they still have these fishing nets there that they still use for fishing. Mm. And, um, and, and I, you know, kind of, I kind of thought about it, you know, oh yeah, fishing nets, you know, it's a different idea than that we have. But the idea I think is gathering and catching and bringing, uh, people to, to God and, and to a relationship with him. And however, however that's done, um, you know, that's what God calls us to do. He wants to gather his people to himself. You know, I always thought you probably answered that better than I was thinking about it because I, I go back to my, my thought is 
you know, Americanized fishing yeah. with bait or whatever, not even, yeah. fly, even fly fishing. But so you, the idea is when you're fishing, your conversion rate isn't very high. Right. You're not going to catch every time you cast. Right. I mean, you're probably, you're probably casting a hundred times, you know, whatever, depends on the day, but right. 10 times, 20, 50 times before you actually get a bite. Right. I think that's kind of what, what evangelism is. It's so discouraging a lot when we go, I'm going to share my faith or I'm going to invite a friend to church. Yeah. And then they say, no. Right. And like, why? Ah, I happens. can't do this. Happens. And the reality is, is it, it, it really is. You just got to just take the line back and throw it in a different spot yeah. and see, and then can maybe come back to that spot. Yeah. You might be ready next time, but you never know, but there's that constant casting right. and casting. And that's the half the, the, the excitement is that you're casting. Yeah. It's not that you've necessarily, and obviously you want to convert, but it's, it is a constant Constant yeah, act. it's a constant fishing. It's a gathering. Well, and that's why in, in our devotionals today, uh, as we record this, um, it's like day three of the devotional, I think. And but I think yesterday we had uh, we had everybody write down five or six names that they're praying for, right? And because we know somebody might say no, okay, they say no, move on to the next person. That doesn't mean you even you might even go back to that person at a later time. But for October twenty seventh, our invite your one day, you know, we want you to in, invite. Or bring somebody. And so you might have to ask more than one person. Mm. Um, and that's why we're having you pray, being praying for five or six. You know, I think even, even to this should encourage us too, because th- there were times where even Jesus, as he's teaching in parables. Yeah. And this is probably confusing, but he wouldn't, would teach in parables so that some would understand. Yeah. And he wasn't, I think that's the thing is we, we try to beat everybody over the head yeah. with the gospel and just make them, you know, whatever, like right. you need to listen, you need to repent, you need to, to receive this thing. And the reality is, is Christ knows there's, there's people that are going to respond. Yeah. And if you see the respond, if you see them respond, then you, then you, you know, it's you rejoice, easy. It's easy. Right? And if they don't, then that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's just, it is, a, it's one of those things. Uh, on Sunday, last Sunday, you talked about how, and we're kind of wrap it up, but yeah. you talked about what the, a conversation actually looks like. Yeah. And uh, obviously there's no recording of it today. Yeah. Um, what, could you go kind of go through, how do you invite, how do you share your faith? It's, how do you, yeah. You know, in some ways it's not that hard in other, but it's incredibly intimidating. Sure. And so, um, you know, inviting somebody to church is really pretty easy and, and I, I'll, I'm going to, you know, bear my, uh, my own hesitations a little bit here. Good. We um, like that. John. You, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to inviting this guy, but I'm also really scared to invite this guy I'm going to invite because, um, he doesn't really particularly like the church, but he knows I'm a pastor. We've been friends now for about four years. And, and so I've been, I've been praying for him for a long time. And so I'm, I'm scared to invite him because I, I think he's going to say no, but I also want him to have the opportunity to say yes. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to invite him and, and I'm really praying for him, but it's, it's really not that hard on, you know, and I, and I, to just look at somebody and say, Hey, you know, um, we're, our church is doing, doing a, 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 an invite your friend kind of day on October 27th to church. And, and I just thought of you guys, I, I really enjoy you and, and would love, love it if you'd come to church with us and we're going to get, just have dinner at our house afterwards. would love it if you'd come to church and then maybe come over for dinner. We can watch the Broncos lose or something yeah, like right? that. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe there'll be an avalanche game on that day. Maybe they'll be good this year, but what, whatever the case, or just hang out and be together. But you know, just, just, Hey, I'd love to have you come over, come on October 27th and, uh, and join us. It, w- would you do that? And they'll say yes or they'll say no. That's it. And if they say no, you say, oh, okay, great. And, you know, would you be interested in coming another time? 
you can you can ask a follow up question if you want. If they say no, then you 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 be patient yeah. and keep praying. Um, but if they say if they say yeah maybe then then invite them another time. But just and then for October twenty seventh, go go ask somebody else. It's really not hard. People aren't going to be mad at you for inviting them to church. You know, they're not. Um, and if you if you if they are then there's something really deep and hurtful that's happened or something's weird. Nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, so. And you might be actually a healing piece for them. You might be. And so, you know, you just got to kind of go, okay, but I'm going to invite. And, you know, my message, I'm going to try to preach a compelling message for the gospel. Not a, not a, I'm not going to throw it in people's faces and and demand anything or be rude or harsh or any of those things. Um, But I want to. I will, I will present a, a, I hope a compelling reason to come and follow Jesus. John, do you have any resources you stumbled across for this? Man, you know, when it comes to evangelism, there's so many out there. I think, I think one of the best resources that I've seen, it's not so much focused on evangelism, but it does focus on having spiritual conversations is tactics, which is a book by a guy named Greg Kokel, K O U K L E. Um, and, uh, and it's, and it's about having a, a plan and a way to have spiritual conversations. Uh, super, super good. There's another book, organic design or organic evangelism. That's really good. Um, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of resources about how to share your faith. Um, but those are a couple that I think would be helpful. John, in, as we kind of wrap it up, I, I've said that now twice, I, I, but you, yeah, I, I was reading a devotion that you wrote. It's like a false summit when you're climbing a 14. Right. right? Exactly. We're oh, almost right. done. Just no, kidding. No, 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 not there yet. Um, there was a thing that you wrote on the, on the devotional for this, mm-hmm. for this week. And I think it's either today or maybe it's tomorrow, but I think it's today's on Wednesday, the third day, but it talked about you've never regretted sharing the gospel. Yeah. There's not like an ever moment. Never. You may have regretted your tact yeah. <laughs> your, or your approach, right? Yeah. But you've never been like, I wish I never shared yeah, the never. gospel. And I not think that's once. such a, such a cool thing. It's such a cool point because there isn't, you know, you may not know what you're going to say, or you may not have the right tact or tactic, or you may, it may not be as organic as you'd like. And like, you know, piling on your resources, but you'll never regret doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I guess that's just something to remember. John, what's the uh, big idea, the big takeaway this week? Yeah. The, I think the big takeaway is, is this, that, that we, we love one other person because we love God. Thank you for joining us on the grace deep dive podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.